Good day, I am Anne Dolinchik and this is Coffee Conversations about Influencer Marketing. In this episode, we're in conversation with Dan Brocklebank, who is the lead social media analyst at Wonderman Thompson. He's worked on some of Africa's biggest brands and currently works on one of the leading banks in South Africa. Grab a coffee and listen as we discuss the importance of using data to create impactful and effective influencer campaigns, using data to find your brand's organic advocates on social media, how data can help your brand find the perfect influencers for your campaigns and tell you what platforms, content formats and messaging should be used and the shift in media consumption by the public over the pandemic and why brands need to pay attention. A quick thank you to this episode's sponsor, Coffee Monster. This app ensures that you get your coffee whether you're in a rush, in an afternoon slump or simply need your caffeine fix on the go. It allows you to order and pay for your beverage from your favorite barista or discover a new spot in your area while collecting loyalty points across all stores. Location services will notify the barista when to have your beverage ready so that you can pick it up or have it delivered to your car or office in the blink of an eye. Download the app today from your app store. Hi Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. I know you're also super, super busy, but thank you for coming to talk to us about the use of data in social and influencer marketing. So tell us a little bit more about what does social media analysts actually do? Well, firstly, thank you so much for the opportunity to um, have this conversation with you. Um, it's really such an honor and, and I'm yeah, so privileged to be a part of this um podcast because it really is so so valuable so thank you so what a social media analyst does essentially is for me there's two parts to it the first is social analytics and i think that's the part that everyone kind of assumes or kind of knows what a social media analyst does and that is looking at social media content performance um page performance so where you know if you've lost followers or gained followers um, and it's our job as analysts to understand human and user behavior um, to see what drives certain actions. So if people are engaging with your contents, trying to understand why, um, and then comparing content to see to understand why certain pieces performed better than other content. So that's the first part is the analytics kind of side of things. And then the other side of things is social listening. And that is basically we use tools. We, we input different uh, keywords. And we're able to monitor conversations across the social web to get a sense of brand health, competitive activity, or just research into specific topics. We're able to see who the key drivers are in those conversations, what sentiment is around it, um, and if there are any themes that um, can be leveraged or, or can actually, so, so, you know, the one part is looking for opportunities, but I think uh, another important part is like mitigating risk to together social analytics and social listening, that, that is the world of what a social media analyst does. So obviously data is super important for brands. How can they use it or how should they use this to communicate to their customers? I think that brands should be using, so, so the social analytics um, is very important for measuring your own success and marketing. I mean, social media is, is marketing and marketing is just a series of experiments and tests to see what works and what doesn't work. Um, so analytics is very important in um, assessing what's resonating with potential and existing customers. So that's very important to, to see, you know, for example, let's say you put out a three minute video right? You post that on Instagram. Maybe it's the same video. Let, let, let's use this as an example. 
you post it on Facebook and you post it on Instagram. So, so, so maybe you got higher views on Facebook um, compared to Instagram. And maybe that's just because, you know, user behavior is different. Maybe people are not looking for that kind of content on uh, Instagram. So knowing that is important because that is going to inform your actions moving forward. And, you know, all of this costs money. It costs uh, time to, to put these things together. So you would want to make sure that your return on investment is optimized. So if you're creating content that is not in the right format, for example, then that's important to know. Other than that, um, your messaging could be, be completely off. So maybe you're going out with a particular message or wording it in a certain way that is not appealing to your target market. And that is then important to, to, to analyze and, and to assess and play around and make sure that you tweak it so that you can improve, you know, just make sure that you are resonating with your audience. That is super important. And then the social listening side is, I think, looking beyond yourself. Um, so not just looking at your, at your content. It's where you can step back and assess your competitors, look at your industry as well. And as I mentioned earlier, spot any threats that might be worth preparing for or any opportunities. Um, and this is also a better a way for you to better understand people in general, but your target market as well. And, and uh, you know, find out what matters to them. So that's super, both of those, again, analytics and the social listening are so important. Super important. How do brands then use this kind of information when they start thinking about using influencer campaigns? How does that actually feed into starting that strategy and how they're going to implement? Measurement should be happening all the time. And these brands, I mean, social media has become a thing uh, where, you know, it's not a nice to have. It is something that you need. And the great thing about social media now is that you are able to get so many insights from your consumers, which is incredible. You should be using that to build profiles around these people. Um, you want to be able to know what sort of content performs on what platforms. And because you should be monitoring this all the time, you should have that insight. And because you're playing in that space as well, or tapping into conversations with social listening, you should be able to see who the key drivers are. Um, and this is often influencers. Because you should be monitoring your industry conversations or your you know, influential people who are contributing to it across different platforms, then that is super important when it comes to identifying who your influencers should be, as well as which formats or which platforms are best to use so that the impact of your marketing efforts is, is worthwhile. When you're doing social listening, you can actually see what conversations going on, who's interacting, is it the right people who's actually interacting with that content, and that's invaluable to actually choose influences. It is so invaluable. And, I mean, we, we have very sophisticated tools now. Yeah. That's, it's, it's not all about followers. And, it, I mean, it has taken a long time for, for us to get to this <laughs> point. I think there's still a lot of work to, to shift perceptions you know, that it's not just about how many followers someone has, but actually speaking about their influence. So many brands are still hung up on getting someone who's got a lot of followers instead of actually looking beyond that vanity metrics. Are there very good conversations happening? Are people actually taking action? What are those conversations? What's the sentiment? It's not all about you've got millions of followers. Someone who's got 200 followers might be way more influential than someone with 20,000. Absolutely. And I've also seen brands make the mistake of going with someone with a big following and maybe they're promoting your product, 
But if you look at the comments, if you look at the feedback, a lot of the, a lot of the time, that's not just for awareness. Um, being a social media analyst, you also get insight into what the campaign objectives were. And sometimes you can see that influencer selection was off completely because it did not drive your desired outcome. Let's say you wanted to push people to a product page, but you look at the comments and maybe it got a lot of engagement, but we can tell that between the influencer was not convincing enough to, to, to move people down the funnel. And that's not their fault. I think that comes down to the, the vetting and selection of um, the influencer. No, that's 100% true. Because if the influencer is not aligned with your brand and what you're selling or what your objectives are, you are setting them up to fail, essentially. It, it is, it's, it's not going to get you a good return on investment. And they want to be seen, influencers want to be seen as partners as well. They're not just another channel of communication. So, yeah, it's super important to be smart about these things and to look beyond vanity metrics. But also now to your point, do you not think some of this owners also falls on the influencer? If they are approached about a certain campaign and they feel like this is not for me, should they not in clear conscience turn that down and just be like, you know what, this won't resonate with my audience. I don't think this will work. But a lot of the times we see these influencers just accepting these jobs. Yes, I do. I do believe that the onus is on influencers as well. I think it is a tricky, a tricky one, though. I think a lot of influencers, especially in South Africa, and I think you'd probably have more insight into this. But they, what from from what I know, they do jump at the opportunity to to accept any work um, because they want to build their profile, and it's and it's not always about. It's not always about the message or the story. It's, it's more about the being perceived as an influencer. And that's why, you know, the, the topic of authenticity has become increasingly topical lately because that is important. And, and I think audiences are smart and brands risk being called out. Um, let's say an influencer has worked with a particular alcohol brand and three months later, they are advocating for a competitor. And that looks super bad. And then the second part is also that that's why uh, influencer vetting is incredibly, incredibly important because it's not just about finding someone to communicate your message, but there is risk involved. There can be risk involved. That vetting process is so important. Also vetting their audiences through data is also incredibly important. Mm. Am I speaking to the right people with the right message, with the right content? on the right platform, we actually have a science to doing this right now. And I do think brands are getting a lot more savvy now where they realize there's that risk where your influencer is going to turn around in three months time and work with a competitor and building that Mm. into their contracts that you can't work with competitors for a set amount of time, just purely to protect themselves. And I think to a large degree, also protect the reputation of the influencer at the end of the day. I agree. I also think that what what, what I've seen, what I've noticed as well, is that there is a shift happening, which is nice to see. Um, I, I do agree that brands are becoming a lot more savvy and taking influencer marketing a lot more seriously and not just looking uh, at it as you know just a way to to amplify your message and we've seen that they've created advocates out of influencers which i think is smart and and valuable because then it means it's not just on a campaign basis but you know or once off because then there is also risk but they actually partner with um, the influencer which i think is super smart as well then they become advocates for your brand not just when they're being paid for it and i think that that partnership is so invaluable it 100% is. And I also think 
Also, I just need to add that influencers are also becoming a lot more savvy. I think it's such a young industry in South Africa still. So we all have made mistakes and learned as we go along from a marketing Mm. point of view and an influencer point of view. The influencer we see now is a lot more considerate of what campaigns they take on, what brands, especially in the age of where, like you said, audiences are incredibly smart. They can smell a rat a mile off and they want influencers (laughs) as well as brands to stand for something. And the moment they these two partner and they are not aligned at all, it is going to cause a lot of ruption. So they're also super, super smart with that, which is great. Speaking of turning influencers into advocate is so smart, especially when brands actually use social listening, use the data they have to see even, you know, their customers speaking about them online and seeking them out, which I think is super smart. Mm, Agreed. And again, it's the, the important thing with influencer marketing is it's not just sending a brief to your influencer agency, or what shouldn't be at least. It should be about building a relationship between the brand and your influencers, because that's when I believe you see the best results. No, it is. And we see that often when we get influencers on campaigns, they have to go to some sort of training, getting to know the brand and the brand managers, just to give them also insight into the brand. And it does go a long way. They feel like they're part of this marketing team. It's not just a job Mm. anymore. There there is a shift happening where, you know, it was just, here's a brief, here's a paragraph on the summary of what we need you to do. Thanks. These are expectations posts on, you know, Instagram. Whereas now I do see that there is a lot more keep using this word, but like partnership and collaboration, which I think is where the real magic happens. It's a wonderful shift in our industry. And I actually can't wait to see what the future holds because it is, everyone's just becoming like one big happy team. Mm, Agreed. And I think also influencers, a lot of influencers are becoming savvy themselves. So they know their audiences better than anyone or should. And so if if you know that someone is an influencer in the financial industry, for example, then couple your insights that you have around them with what an influencer knows as well. and know that that is just going to make you resonate much, much better with a specific target market. No, exactly. And I've also seen that when you actually give influencers free reign, obviously within a framework of do's and don'ts, but you should just give them that creative freedom to speak to their audiences, how they know would work and does resonate. At the end of the day, brands hire influencers because they trust them. They know that they're doing what they're doing is right. So give them that leeway, give them that voice. It resonates incredibly well. Mm. And again, just to bring it back to authenticity, online users are smart and they, they notice things. So they will absolutely pick up if something is disingenuous or is being forced and they will not hold back uh, in dragging the brand. Um, and obviously that's, that's a, a big reputational thing. You don't want to do that. And then the influencers as well. So it, it really is mutually beneficial to make sure that it is the right fit. And that's also where you or people like you, data analysts, come in to help everyone. Obviously, brands, everyone has access to their data. Where do they kind of find it? And what if they can't interpret it? What, what then? So, yes. So data is accessible for, for most brands. I've seen that over the years where they do encourage data sharing, which is nice to see um, because it means that, you know, the same tools that we are using to build our reports and extract our insights and recommendations, anyone has access to, well, you know, any of the clients, um, brand teams have access to that information. But you pointed out a very important point is that 
you know, data is just the one part. It's just numbers. It's just information. But where, you know, the expertise of a social media analyst come in is you have to be able to interpret that um, information. And with brands having access to this information, they might see a dashboard. They might have a dashboard view of something. Um, or they might see top performing content um, over a certain period of time, which is not necessarily going to give them the reasons behind why it's performing in that way, but it's at least the starting point. So then they are able to reach out to social media analysts and ask, you know, just for a little bit more of an explanation into why, you know, certain content is performing or, or what's driving negative sentiment or positive sentiment, for example. I, I believe that, you know, over the years, there has been a lot more data sharing, um, which is usually, you know, in the form of, of a social listening tool or, or a social performance tool. I think that, that again, just that partnership with the um, social media analyst and the brand teams is so important. Oh, it adds so much value. And I think you should have a data analyst kind of be in your team that can give you that feedback. It's invaluable. It is. And, and there's no excuse to not be relying on the data. As I mentioned, with digital and social marketing, we've got so much data. Shooting in the dark would be foolish. And it's not just about you. It's not just about your actions. You've got to consider what your competitors are doing as well. And I suppose that's also why setting KPIs are so important. So you also know what to measure. Otherwise, you don't know what success looks like. You don't know what part of the pie you need to analyze. Otherwise, it's just gobbledygook, a lot of data, right? Coffee Conversations about Influencer Marketing is brought to you by Influential, a strategic consultancy that takes the guesswork out of influencer marketing for your brand. We provide much-needed strategically crafted frameworks on how to implement influencer campaigns specific to your brand needs. No, exactly. So, again, because everything is so measurable, you, you have to be able to um, prove return on investment. You have to be able to go back and and say, fine, this was our, these were our targets. We were off by this much. We exceeded by this much. Whatever the case may be, it's just a good way of, of establishing accountability and then and then learning from that. You know. So then you just spoke about when you look at a data and you speak to your data analyst. You're supposed to be obviously learning things and seeing how things must change or what works, what doesn't work. But over the last year, we've obviously also seen a big shift of how and what consumers actually consume. What have you learned about how things have changed online? How are people on social media specifically acting towards brands these days? Has it changed? One of the things I think that I want to start with is for from a consumer perspective, what has been quite nice to see is that they are becoming a lot more discerning with who they um, give business to. So let's say you are with a telco, you know, people are now a lot more because of what's been happening in the world, a lot more concerned with how their money is being spent because, you know, we don't know, um, we, we've now been introduced to uncertainty and it's becoming, it's made people become a lot more discerning and holding businesses accountable, holding brands accountable if they do not deliver or if they are not as competitive as what they should be. That is that has been super interesting for me to see is, you know, it's, it's not just one way communication anymore. Consumers have a, a louder voice now and have more for say. So, so that's the first part. The second part is that 
in terms of attention spans, people have like over the years, our attention spans are becoming shorter and shorter. Being able to identify what is going to generate engagement, what is going to resonate with um, your target audience is becoming increasingly, increasingly popular. And it's a science. So, you know, we, we have to consider how, how it's changing content and content um, consumption. Maybe instead of having a 30 second video, maybe we do just keep it to five seconds. And that has to inform how we communicate our messaging. And then lastly, I also think that with the, the likes of uh, TikTok, we've seen a lot more like authentic content be, be posted, not as filtered, not as glamorous, because you know m- most of the world has been in lockdown for most of last year. It's just very real. It's, it's just anybody setting up a camera or holding their phone in their hand and just talking. And that has really shifted online content um, in, in a very, very significant way. And I think brands, I have seen brands who have done it. And I think the brands who are starting to play in that space where it's not so polished, it's not so branded, the content's not so branded, basing the results because it's it's engaging with your audience in an authentic way, not in, not in, a, in, a, not in a pretentious way, not in a um, way that feels advantageous or, or like you're trying to sell a product. And I love that. And I think over the last year with a pandemic and everyone being at home and I think we started thinking about the things that's really important. It kind of put the social back into social media yes. where it wasn't this like amazingly curated feeds anymore and everyone thinking twice. It was literally, like you say, that authenticity behind the scenes. This is what I look like. I'm not going to use all the filters. This is my life. It's messy. And everyone kind of can relate to that. And it's just worked incredibly well for a lot of influencers who were tiny in the beginning of pandemic and was huge now just because they were tapping into that relatability. 100%. And, and I think the other thing is because we were all locked indoors for, for most of, of the past year, people were turning to social media to escape or to be entertained. You know, you don't want to be bombarded by adverts. So it forced influencers to be smarter with, with how they communicate and it, uh, as well as brands. Brands could not just put out, you know, could not operate how they did in 2019, for example. And I think that it's, I mean, we can't just contain it to last year. I think it has now shifted the way that um, we do content and are going to do content moving forward. And I love that. And I hope brands get onto this train really, really quickly because it is people, like you say, don't want to see those ads or those very in-your-face influencer marketing anymore. Gone are the days where Mm. someone's holding up a product. Now it is about the story. How does it fit into my lifestyle? Why do I use it? Why do I think you should use it? It's it's just no more that in-your-face, which I personally, I prefer. 100%. And I think that is... Again, just just the value of how how well the value of the pandemic for from a customer perspective because they are all of a sudden you know your your money just came off your account at the end of the month and you didn't really think about it whereas this kind of forced you to step back and assess things which is great I I, I believe and I do think that it will have a lasting impact. Dan, since you're in this game, you are looking at data all day, analyzing things. Is there a magic recipe that brands can use to build a big, not just big, but also relevant presence on social media? I wouldn't say that there is a, a magic recipe. It's, it's not going to happen um, overnight. I think that, that is the biggest misconception. 
with social media in general. I think um, people think that it's easy and all, all it takes is, you know, there's just one thing you've got to do and, and all of a sudden you're going to have massive success. For me, what I, what I think the magic is, is knowing that it is a commitment. It is something that is going to happen over time. Marketing is essentially a series of experiments. Try things, measure the results and pivot if you need to. And that's the only way that you're going to see success is if you, you know, if you realize that it's a marathon, not a sprint, because it, it requires consistency. I also, however, want to stress the importance of knowing your customer, being there for your customer first, putting your customer first, especially since we've just discussed how things have changed. You know, customer centricity should have been a focus, but even more so now. And you know, we've got data, so use the data. It's going to make you a better marketer. It's going to give you a competitive advantage. Yeah, and I think to me, to my mind, that is is how you make magic happen. It's incredibly important what you said about overnight success isn't overnight because I speak to so many influencers who obviously get DMs every day asking, how do I become an influencer? How did you do it? And when this lady tells people that it's taken her nine years to build an audience to what it is, people kind of start lose interest and they can't believe it. But that's kind of the story, right? You start small, you grow, you grow, you grow if you're doing it the legit way. And it doesn't take two days, three days, months. It sometimes takes years to get there. And I think it's the same for brands. It's literally just... Like you say, it's experiments. See what works, what doesn't work. Who's your true audience? What do they want? And just kind of build on that. Mm, absolutely. I think as well, I mean, we've we've all seen the ice cap and what you see on the surface yes. versus what is beneath, you know. Or, you know, you see someone like, like a cartoon, someone at the top of the mountain, um, but you don't see their, their struggle, their, the amount of time it took them to get there. And the brands who have built up a reputation and have actually taken the time to build relationships with their online audiences throughout the years are seeing the results for sure and with that sadly dan our chat has come to an end but thank you so much for telling us about the world of data and how brands can take advantage of that to actually tap into their real audiences whether it's in marketing or whether it's an influencer marketing as well so before you go please can you tell people where they can find you online if they just want to learn more about who dan is and the amazing work that you do well, first, it's my pleasure. Thank you again so much for having me on. It was a super <laughs> fun chat, and I hope it was informative to your listeners. But so if people want to find me, they can find me on LinkedIn. I think that's probably where um, you'd get more of this kind of content. Um, so it's my name, Daniel Brocklebank. Otherwise, if you want like more fun content, then you can uh, find me on Instagram or Twitter, wherever, at um, Phantom Dan. So F-A-N-T-O-M-D-A-N. Thank you so much, Dan, and hopefully we chat soon again. Absolutely. Thank you. Looking forward to it.